Hey guys, once again, thanks for listening to the Cannabis Update podcast. And as always, I try to give leaders and organizations an opportunity to tell their stories and share information. Coronavirus or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, this pandemic has infiltrated just about every conversation and thought over the last week and may continue to do so for months. Now, although I remain calm, I didn't want to just keep rolling along publishing podcasts about cannabis without incorporating a way to include the subject in a way that's beneficial to you. So this is not an attempt to add to the coronavirus overload that some of you may be having. This is just my attempt to encourage dialogue and hopefully a little learning about the subject with people within the cannabis community. So I reached out to the popular and well-respected Dr. Mike Hart to explain just the basics of the infection, what he knows so far, and to find out any tips about self-care, and of course to ask cannabis-related questions as they pertain to the pandemic as well. You can also watch this interview on my YouTube page. Just search for Cannabis Update Podcast if you prefer video. So without further ado, please welcome Dr. Mike Hart. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Mike Hart. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. I know it's uh, you know during uh, a different time than uh, we had probably expected, but you know still uh, very glad to, uh, to be here today. Great. Well, yeah, I was hoping to get you under different circumstances sometime down the road, perhaps. Um, but because of the uh, topic of the moment, COVID nineteen, um, I saw you posting some videos online, and I thought this is a guy that I would love to ask some questions to, and and hopefully uh, spread some proper information from somebody who knows what they're talking about. You were at your clinic today serving people. Was it all COVID nineteen, or was it still a, kind of a typical day for a doctor? So you know, my practice typically is a, a cannabis practice. So um, you know, today I actually just saw uh, cannabis patients, and we have you know, uh, unfortunately announced just for like the safety of my staff. And, and to myself and, and the patients that um, you know we're not going to be uh, opening clinic tomorrow, so we are just doing virtual uh, appointments now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know um, that being said, you know obviously when I'm chatting with the patients, I mean it came up with every single patient today. You know everyone is is very very concerned about it, and I understand those concerns. You know I don't think that they're unwarranted. So um, you know I expect that training to continue. So I expect that you know every cannabis appointment, and you know I do do other things. Besides, um, besides cannabis and the family doc. So, you know, whenever anyone comes in for anything right now, I think that they're going to be, you know, asking me a couple of questions about the, about the coronavirus. And I can certainly understand that. You've posted a couple of videos on your Twitter feed over the last few days uh, that pertain to the virus. Can you talk a little bit about those? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the first video I posted was basically just referring to the basic reproduction number. You know, so how transmissible is um, you know the uh, the uh, virus itself, right? So you know we wanted to compare it to a couple different other viruses that have uh, been out there before. So you know most people listening to this. Obviously, you've heard of you know the common cold before. Uh, so the RO for that is is one point two eight. So basically, that means that you know if you if you get that uh, if you get the common cold, you're likely to transfer it to one point two eight people, right? So that's what that means. Uh, for H one N one, the RO was approximately one point four to one point six. So let's just call it one point five. 
Um, and then VRO, you know, for the uh, for, for the coronavirus is still being determined, but it's somewhere between two to three. So, you know, based upon that, like it it, it is more uh, transmittable than um, than the uh, than the common cold and the H one N one virus. So, you know, it is uh, it's that's why part of it is it is concerning. On that note, though, too, um, the SARS virus, and again, you know, some of these numbers are. Are very very you know um, have have really large uh, uh, ranges just because you know the the evidence on it is unfortunately it's poor and it's also very hard to gather as you can imagine. So they, they say for SARS it was between two to five. So you know we may not be dealing with something you know quite as transmittable as as SARS, but you know maybe something on on, on a similar scale. Okay, another video you made um, had made mention to vitamin C, uh, vitamin D, zinc lozenges, a few other things. Are there are there a few things that most people could could probably the memory though you, you remember the first three <laughs> um, yeah so you know I made that video because uh, you know there's there's people out there and they want to know you know what what can I do and I appreciate people who want to be proactive about this you know I just don't want to give anyone any any false hope uh, or any you know information that, that, that's that's not accurate. Um, but, you know, if you look at uh, the common cold, and again, unfortunately, the coronavirus is not the common cold. But look, if you look at the common cold, you know, those three things that you just mentioned, vitamin D, vitamin C, and the zeichologists, they all have been shown to help the common cold. Um, and, you know, what's kind of, you know, interesting too about all that is, you know, they say that the vitamin D, you know, helps, you know, prevent uh, potentially upper respiratory tract infections. And, you know, this is essentially, you know, what, what this is is just to you know a, um, a a greater extent. So you know, just go into detail just for a second. But basically, um, you know, that the SARS glycoprotein attaches to the angiotensin receptor two enzyme that's found in our in our lower respiratory tract. So it does attack the lower respiratory tract. So you know, some physicians may say that like you know, I'm making a stretch. By saying that, you know, potentially, you know, the things that can help with uh, with the common cold could potentially help with the the coronavirus, um, you know. But to me, there seems to be some logic there. And given, you know, um, how transmittable the the disease is and how severe it can get, um, and also too the fact that those things are are benign. We're just talking about vitamins. We're not talking about medications. Um, you know, because of that, I think that it's 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 a reasonable thing to to put out there to the world. Um, and I think it's a reasonable thing for people to take action on, you know, and the things that I mentioned, you know, the vitamin D and the vitamin C in, in, in particular, I mean, you should be taking vitamin D anyway, right? Like vitamin D is, is so good for you in so many ways, you know, so you, know, you should be taking vitamin D anyway, especially, you know, people living in Canada, you know, because uh, the vitamin D has been shown to, you know, inactivate viruses, right? So, you know, um, something that's really, really important. Um, the vitamin C, you know, it's more shown that like if you're deficient in it, your immune system will likely be lower. Like getting like, you know, an IV vitamin C drip, something like that, like maybe that'll do something for you, but it's more likely to help if you're, if you're deficient. So you know, just make sure that like, you know, you have enough vitamin C in your system. Um, and then with, with the zinc, again, you know, I mentioned this, so it's not just like taking like a zinc tablet, it's the zinc lozenges, they can inhibit the viral load uh, of the virus in the back of your, of your throat. So the viral load is basically just uh, the amount of the virus you have per, per, per milliliter of, of fluid of blood say. So, you know, that's where, where those three things can help. So again, these three things have been shown to help the common cold. You know, I don't want to say for sure that they're going to help the coronavirus, but I do think that there's some logic there. And that's kind of like the best evidence that we have available on, on those particular things. Um, 
And then, you know, the other two things that I mentioned, uh, sleep and avoiding sugar. I mean, these are just two things that you want to do again anyway to boost your immune system, right? So you, we know that if you don't sleep well, uh, you know, you know your, your immune system can be impaired from that. So, you know, because of that, you know, you want to have a strong immune system during this time, make sure you're getting plenty plenty of, of sleep. And then the last part too, you know, which comes sometimes surprises some people is if you do have a spike in, in, in blood sugar, if you're suffering, you know, from, from hyperglycemia, you know, this is part of the reason why, why diabetics get sick so easily, you know, that can also uh, be, be a risk factor for lowering your immune system and acquiring infection. And, you know, it's part of the reason, again, why diabetics, you know, get infections so easily and don't recover from infections. Um, you know, it's because their, their immune system is lower and they have this hyperglycemia. So, you know, those are things that I think that, you know, people should really, you know, keep, keep in mind. You know, a lot of people have been asked me about other stuff like, um, you know, Chaga, Rishi, stuff like that. Like these are all things that, you know, has been shown to maybe potentially, you know, boost your immune system. Like is, is it going to boost your immune system enough to, you know, treat or prevent uh, the uh, coronavirus? You know, no one can really answer that, that question right now. Um, uh, but I think some of the other recommendations are are, are pretty reasonable, and if people want to follow them, you know, it's uh, I, I think you know it would be advisable. Um, and then just one more point too, you know, I didn't really mention on the vitamin D. I had some questions come up online about like how much. Um, so the vitamin D council recommends you know a thousand IU's for twenty five pounds of body weight, and you know that sounds like a lot. A lot of vitamin D for for a lot of patients, but you know, I tell you, like I see a lot of patients in my practice, and I test the vitamin D levels, and like the people who are taking like two thousand units, like they don't have like adequate levels in general, like the ones that I test. Um, you know, that's been my experience. You know, maybe some other physicians have should have more or would have uh, you know a different experience, um, but you know. You know, don't be too, too scared of, of, you know, of taking vitamin D. Like, of course it is a fat soluble vitamin. So if you're taking, you know, like 10,000 IUs for three months straight, like maybe, you know, you, uh, you're taking too much at that point. Uh, but you know, I think that the recommendation of a thousand IUs for, for every 25 pounds of body weight, which is, again is recommended by the vitamin D council, uh, is something that, would, that everyone sh- uh, should be doing. That's good info. Um, I was reading that in Wuhan province, some of the uh, earlier studies on patients found uh, a unique category. Those who smoked uh, had a tougher time dealing uh, with uh, COVID-19. Can you speak to that? And also, um, would this be exactly the same thing for people who consume cannabis uh, through combustion? Yes, let's definitely talk about that. So I did say see something recently, and like uh, you know, smokers were like eight to ten times more likely um, to uh, to to contract the virus or to you know maybe be more susceptible to the devastating effects if they had contracted the virus. So you know, a couple thoughts on that. First of all, you know, most like if they're talking about smokers in general, like a chronic smoker, they're going to have an existing lung condition. Right, and this virus attacks the lungs. So, the, so like obviously, those people are going to be, you know, uh, affected because they're, you know, by definition, basically already immunocompromised. Um, and then, you know, the other thing with regards to, you know, uh, acutely, I mean, we know that um, like smokers in general, and unfortunately, you know, this is the one study sometimes that that, that I quote with regards to, um, you know, cannabis and. Uh, 
and joints versus uh, versus vaporizing is that there is uh, roughly about uh, a twenty percent increased risk uh, when you when you smoke, say say versus when you uh, vaporize um, of, of potentially uh, increasing your risk, a twenty percent increased risk of getting upper respiratory tract infection. So you know, and then we also have to look at too, you know, the the route that it's that's transferred by. So you know, it's it's generally you know through through uh, your mouth, your nose. Uh, so you know, those are the routes that that it's transferred through. So you know, when you're sharing joints again, you know, there's going to be if someone has it, there's going to be an increased risk there. So you know, you have the chronic. You know, uh, smokers are going to be immunocompromised anyway. They're going to have severe lung disease, so you know that's going to put them uh, at risk. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, you know, smoking in general, like versus like vaporizing, as I said, has been, you know, shown to increase your risk of getting upper respiratory tract infection. You know, could that translate into the coronavirus? You know, it seems, it seems reasonable in my, in my opinion. Um, and then again, you know, if you're, if you're smoking joints and you're sharing joints with people and they got the virus, well, you know, that's just kind of another way. So, you know, definitely want to, uh, but that being said, like, you know, the vaporizing right now, you wouldn't want to, you know, share with anyone else either because then you're, you're, you're sharing something, right? So, um, you know, definitely, you know, something, a really good question and something to keep in mind for all the cannabis users out there. Yeah, I guess um, it, it's always a case by case. Um, would, it, would it be advisable for regular cannabis users to take a more serious look at things like edibles, things like gel caps, things like uh, spray oils and that sort of thing for the near future while the, while the virus is out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that, that could be, you know, again like you want to try to always turn something you know negative to positive if you can and you know maybe there's people out there right now that have felt that you know what i'm too reliant on cannabis in the, in the dried form you know i'm smoking too much cannabis or maybe you know i'm too reliant on my vaporizer you know maybe maybe this is going to force me to use you know cannabis in a different form which sometimes for many people would be you know more convenient um and and can potentially benefit them in the long term so you know i think that if you're if you're in that boat you know kind of see this is like maybe this is like an opportunity what you know what like maybe i should like you know cut down on, on the dried cannabis and you know uh increase or my usage on the on the edible side and, and see if i can get you know the same effects yeah so i think that's a you know a good way to kind of look at it how do you foresee your professional life changing over the next few weeks uh, well, I mean, I see it, you know, doing more interviews like this, you know, obviously, you know, a month ago, I, you know, didn't know any more about the coronavirus probably than, you know, the average person walking on the street, you know, but now, you know, it's kind of taken over my life and reading about it every day, every hour. I mean, most people are, um, you know, I'm just trying to give the best uh, information possible out there. So, you know, I plan on doing, you know, talking more about the coronavirus as opposed to cannabis. Uh, and then again, like for, for my patients, you know, I've also offered them uh, the opportunity to, to speak with me about the coronavirus as well. You know, I made an announcement actually, you know, probably 10 or 15 minutes before before we started this that, you know, I'm going to be offering all my patients the ability to chat to me about the coronavirus if they want to. So, um, you know, something that, uh, that you know, I think is obviously going to affect me in, in very different, you know, very different ways at the clinic, you know, outside the clinic. Uh, but, you know, I'm, uh, I'm ready for it and, uh, you know, I'm hoping to, to help as many people as I can. All right. You're going to be a busy man for the next little while. Um, so I'll end with this. Any final thoughts, any information that you can bestow upon us that we may not have covered yet? Um, you know, I think that maybe the, we didn't cover, I guess, hand washing. And I should just say that, you know, only about 5% of people actually wash their hands for 20 seconds. And that's, and that's, you know, the, the proper way to, to get rid of the germs. So make sure that, you know, you don't just like wash 
your hands for like a few seconds and rinse them. You know, make sure that you you wash them. You know, very very thoroughly, and uh, and and you know, keep your 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 hands out of your your eyes, your mouth. Uh, and your ears and your nose and, and uh, you know you should you know uh, help that and that should really help uh, prevent uh, spreading the uh, the virus. You are at Dr. Mike Hart H A R T on Twitter. Any other ways we can reach you online? Sure. Yeah. So I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. So I'm at Dr. Mike Hart at all of them. Uh, that's D R M I K E H A R T. And then I also have a website, uh, MikeHartMD.com. Uh, and if you want to contact me there, just click on the contact button and I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks for doing this, brother. I will actually be following you very closely over the next few weeks. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this again. And yeah, I'd love to come back on and maybe just you know strictly talk about cannabis another time. Thank you so much to Dr. Mike Hart for taking time to talk about COVID-19 and to provide some insights. If you don't already follow Dr. Hart online, check him out on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Mike Hart. That's at D-R-M-I-K-E-H-A-R-T. You can also check out his website, MikeHartMD.com. And if you like the work that I do, tell your friends and leave me a review on your favorite streaming app or site. I know that many of us are going to be hunkered in for the next little while, so I'll keep the podcast coming. And if you have any insights or requests for content or guests, reach out to me on Twitter at CanUpdatePod. That's at C-A-N-N Update P-O-D. All right. Once again, hit it, Amber. Thanks for listening to the Cannabis Update Podcast. We do our very best to be as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for inaccurate details or facts. If something interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. Thank you.